0: Hello everyone. I'm Petra Vernon, your host uh, for Mostly Essays. Thanks for joining me. Uh, And yes, I do know the difference between host and hostess, but I choose to use the collective uh, verbiage of host. Uh, Today we have a look at a collection of essays ranging from 2003 to 2020 uh, from Salman Rushdie called Languages of Truth. As Salma Rushdie has been described as a master of perpetual storytelling by the New Yorker uh, Neil Gaiman says of him he's one of the greatest writers of our age, a giant of literature. Don DeLillo describes him as a master of the meta- morphosis, transforming life, art, and language in the subterranean maze of his imagination. And Toni Morrison describes him as a legend. He's not only an enviable talent, it's a revelatory mind displaying a profound knowledge of history, culture, human frailty, and triumph. And if you don't know about Salman, He's the author of 14 novels, ranging from Greymas, Midnight's Children, The Satanic Verses, The Moor's Last Side, The Ground Beneath Her Feet, Fury, The Enchantress of Florence, uh, Luca and the Fire of Life, etc. He's also a member of the American Academy of the Arts and Letters and a distinguished writer in residence at New York University, as well as the former president of Penn America Center. And also uh, in 2007, he was knighted for services to literature. So today we'll have a look at an excerpt from his chapter, or his essay rather, called Gabo and I, highlighting uh, Garcia Márquez's fondness for the use of gross exaggeration. As soon as Jose Arcadio closed the Door, bedroom door, the sound of a pistol shot echoed through the house. A trickle of blood came out onto the door, crossed the living room, went out into the streets, continued on in a straight line across the uneven terraces, went down steps and climbed over curbs, passed along the street of the Turks, and turned a corner to the right and another to the left, made a right angle at the Buendia's house, went in and under the closed doors crossed through the parlor, hugging the walls so as not to stain the rags, and came out in the kitchen where Hirsula was getting ready to crack 36 eggs to make bread. Holy mother of God, Hersule shouted. In this famous passage from the book 100 Years of Solitude, something utterly fantastic here is happening. There's a dead man's blood which acquires a purpose, almost a life of its own even, and moves with, which moves along methodically through the streets of Macado until it comes to rest at his mother's feet. The blood's behavior is impossible, yet the passage reads as truthful. The journey of the blood feels like the journey of the news of his death, from the room where he shot himself to his mother's kitchen and its arrival at the feet of the matriarch Ursula Iguarwan. E which reads as high tragedy. A mother learns that her son is dead, and Jose Arcadio's lifeblood can and must go on living until it can bring Ursula the sad news. The real, by the addition of the magical, actually gains in dramatic and emotional force. It becomes more real, not less. Less is more, we are taught, but sometimes in these books, more is more. And Garcia Marquise has a deep fondness for hyperbole, as can be seen from the passage I just quoted. 36 eggs to make bread. That's a lot of eggs. The same sort of numerical inflation is present in the celebrated description of Colonel Connell's Wendia. Uh, Colonel Buendia organized 32 armed uprisings and he lost them all. He had 17 male children by 17 different women and they were exterminated one after the other on a single night before the oldest one had reached the age of 35. He survived 14 attempts on his life, 73 ambushes and a firing squad. He lived through a dose of uh, Saturine in his coffee that was enough to kill a horse and most literary characters would be content with one or maybe two uprisings a smaller family maybe fewer wives and not quite as many assassination attempts and a more moderate dose of poison to swallow the characters of garcia marquis have to work harder they must fight more frequently marry more often serve more children and survive more murder attempts ambushes and firing squads and drink more satire than ordinary folk it must be exhausting for them reading the works of garcia Marquez and the other writers i've discovered a com, um, compendium books i found myself thinking in response to almost every page how much of their worlds are recognized from my own experience in india and pakistan in both places latin America and south asia there was and still is a conflict between the city and the village and there are similarly profound gulfs between rich and poor powerful and powerless the great and the small both are places with powerful colonial history, different colonialists, same results. And in both places, religion is of great importance, and God is alive, and so unfortunately, are the godly. And you, Garcia Marquez's colonels and generals are, or at least their Indian and Pakistani and counterparts. His bishops are my mullahs. His market streets were my bazaars. His world felt to me like mine, translated into Spanish. It's little wonder I fell in love with what is not for its magic, though as a writer reared on the fabulous wonder tales of the East, that was appealing too, but for its realism. Long before I ever visited Latin America, its writers had me feel that it would be familiar. And when at last I did go to Nicaragua, Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, Chile, Peru, and Brazil, I thought, what do you know? These places are exactly as crazy as the writers told me they were, and they are, are crazy in the same way as my places are. They, they have the you know the same tropical vegetation, the same garage billboards and storefronts, the sidewalk life, the rich tradition of oral storytelling, the excess, the odors, the sensuality, the heat. In driving in Managua on my first ever day in the region, I found myself thinking, I know this place. And that was partly because of Garcia Márquez and his colleagues, and partly because our worlds were and are genuinely alike. Garcia Márquez himself always asserted the realism of his work rather than its fabulism. I invent nothing Garcia Márquez once told the BBC about his literary style. People always praise my imagination. But I believe I'm a terrible realist. Everything I invent was already there in reality. And the writer Daniel Arlecone once told the BBC I, a, a couple of years ago when I was in uh, Cartagena, I was in a cab and the cabby was like, This is Gabo's house. And he added, Here in the Caribbean, we all have great stories. Gabo is just a great typist.